tonight, uh, we're continuing on with our spiritual gift series, and we're talking specifically about the spiritual gift of administration. And like we talked about with the gift of helps, we talked about how that might seem like a really kind of pedantic, logical, I can use my own mind, my own thinking kind of thing. But what we've talked about through this entire spiritual gift series is that spiritual gifts are exactly that, spiritual. Another thing that we've talked about in our spiritual gift series is the reality that the spiritual gifts are available to all of us. So I want us to think about those two things tonight as we talk about this gift of administration. We'll talk a little bit more about what that means, but I want us to kind of get on board with this idea that the gift of administration is something that is accessible uh, and available to all of us. And so we're going to do a little experiment with one of the most um, creative process guys that we've ever known on the face of the planet, and his name is MacGyver. So MacGyver, you know, he was known for like having four or five things, and he was like locked in a submarine, and he had to use tissue paper to break out of the submarine or something like that. You know what I mean? MacGyver, if you were born after, I guess, 1980, you don't know who MacGyver is, maybe. I don't know. But uh, so uh, 1980s, because he was all the way through the 80s. Anyway, yeah, I shot. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so tonight when you came in, you were given a bag or an item. Pull out your bag or item and let me see that everybody has a little bag or a little item. Um, hold it in your hand. All right, and on that bag or on that item is a number. Look at the number, acknowledge the number. And, in just a second, I'm going to ask you to find other people with that number, but I'm going to help us do that a little more ordered, in a little more ordered fashion. So everybody know your number, is your number in your head? I'm going to tell you where you're about to move. You're about to move after I kind of point out all these locations, so wait for further instruction. Um, group number one will be right here. Group number two will be right here. Group number four will be right here. Group number five will be over there next to the giving box. Group number six will be right there where Alex is. Oh, sorry, there is no six. There is no three. I'm going to start over. <laughs> One, two, four, five at the giving box, 15 at Alex, 16 right here in this front section, 18 right there, 19 in the back, 20 in the back, all right? So hopefully you got all those. And wait, 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 without talking, without talking, get in your groups, go. Well, uh, I hear, Mark, was that you? Melanie, have you lowered your voice? You're doing a great job, everybody. Just a point of encouragement. Great job. Uh, and every group should have some ping pong balls. Is there any group that doesn't have ping pong balls because that is integral to this experience? No, every group has ping pong balls? All right. What we're going to do is we're going to use the items that you have at your disposal to launch the ping pong balls. You're gonna have three minutes to work together as a group to come up with a device that will launch the ping pong balls. 
Do not launch the ping pong balls until the end of three minutes, at which one at a time we will have each of the groups launch their ping pong balls. So get, begin to work together to create a device using the items that you have to launch your ping pong balls. Go, you have three minutes. All right, everybody, pencils down, as they say. One at a time, we're approaching our test time. Good job, team number four, two. All right, turn, turn your attention, everyone, to team number one. Three, two, one. Good job. All right, right here, team number two in three, two, one. You guys right here, three, two, one, two, three, yay! All right, over here in the corner, I'll give you a second try. Three, two, one. No, you guys did good. You got Kenneth, you guys. Oh, wow. Oh, impressive. All right, right here. Oh, backfire. All right, right here. Go, one, two, three. Nice. Right here, Mark's group. Three, two, one. Oh, that's nice. In the back, three, two, one. Okay, yeah. In the back, three, two, one. Action, blast off. All right, everybody, good job. Please put your supplies in the, in the purple bin on your way back to your seat. On the way back to your seat. All right, so the question remains, why play MacGyver at church? And the point of all of this is to help us recognize that we all have problems in our lives that we are called to solve. We all have things that we are called to as people that we're asked to step into. And we can view those moments as mundane. We can view those moments from our own perception and our own understanding and our own ability. But every moment has the opportunity to allow us to step into the bigness of the realities of God birthed into that moment. So when we're asked to build something, when we're asked to solve a problem, our typical first go-to is, how can I solve this problem? And I love problem solving. I love wisdom. I love thinking. And all of those things are beautiful. But tonight, I want us to think about how when we approach a problem or when something is presented before us or we have an opportunity, we have the ability to go from solving those problems or approaching those opportunities with the simplicity of our human understanding and step into the bigness of the supernatural power of God in every moment of our lives, in every decision that we make, in every process that we engage in, in every problem that we're called to solve, and in every commissioning that each of us are meant to step into. We have the ability to go from our own human strength and be empowered by the fullness of the Holy Spirit operating in and through our lives. And so let's look at this big idea tonight. Every moment is waiting to be shifted from mundane to miraculous and you're empowered to do so. Think about your job. Think about what you do on a daily basis. Think about the things that you come up against. Now think about how often you consider those moments to be mundane. You consider those moments to be as small as your ability allows you to approach them. 
You think about those moments as unspiritual and secular and having nothing to do with God. But tonight, I'll tell us that everything that we encounter, every problem that we face, and every calling that we move into, we have the ability to approach those moments and shift them from the mundane to the miraculous because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Jesus, when he was out teaching on the side of a mountain, there was this moment where the sun was starting to go down. It was getting toward the end of the day, and the people had been there listening to Jesus all day long. And the disciples said to Jesus, hey, maybe we should send these people away to go and find some food. They're going to get hungry. And it was a fine idea, and it was a simple solution, and it was a matter-of-fact, pragmatic solution to a problem of people being hungry. But what did Jesus do in that moment? Jesus looked around and he said, hey, we got some loaves of bread and we have some fish and we have the opportunity to take this mundane moment where we could send people away with a good idea and an easy solution to a problem for them to go home and get some food or to go to their modern day equivalent of McDonald's and buy a modern, not modern, but their version of a Big Mac. Like there was... There were, there were easy solutions to the problems that they were facing. But in this moment, Jesus shows us that we can step into a mundane moment and through the power of the Holy Spirit, turn that moment into the miraculous as we operate with God to bring the realities of heaven to earth. And so as we think about this tonight, let's recognize that we all have the ability to step into what we're talking about tonight. What we're talking about tonight is not reserved for a small few. All of us have been called to participate in the work of manifesting the kingdom of heaven. And the way we manifest the kingdom of heaven is not simply to understand what that means. It's not only to have a picture of what the kingdom of heaven is. It's to engage in establishing processes with God in order to accomplish and achieve the things that he is calling us to accomplish and achieve. And part of that is the gift of administration. And when we think about the gift of administration, it entails having an understanding of what types of systems we can put into place to solve problems or accomplish tasks. But when we think about administration too, you might have that term in the context of your job or in the context of having gone to school. And there are people who come with pragmatic solutions. And there is nothing wrong with a pragmatic solution. But tonight, I want us to recognize the opportunity that we have when we think about the gift of administration. And it's this, the gift of administration empowered by the Holy Spirit reveals God by solving problems and accomplishing tasks with supernatural wisdom. We have the opportunity and ability to go beyond the limitations of our own human thinking and understanding and step into co-creating with God as the Holy Spirit empowers us and to solve problems like Jesus solved problems, to take mundane moments and bring about the miraculous through them. I was going to the beach yesterday with some friends and we were driving along the highway on our way to New Smyrna, and there was this gas station over on the right, and there was this truck that had pulled into the, the parking lot of the gas station. And as we passed by, the three of us in the car just caught this like momentary glimpse of this woman that was laying in the parking lot, and she was having a seizure. And there were several people around her, and they had brought out some pillows, and they had put them around, around her. And we were driving um, along the highway and there was an ambulance coming the other direction. And when I saw that, I was just like, I was kind of taken by it. Like something stirred inside of me about that thing. 
But then I, I defaulted to this thing of like, okay, well, there's an ambulance coming, and these people obviously look like they have encountered this several times before. They had these pillows. They pulled her out of the car. They knew what to do with her. This is probably something that they're used to. And there are pragmatic human solutions to the problem that they're experiencing right now. There's an ambulance that's coming the other way, and everything's going to be fine. And for me, it was to say, okay, this moment is what this moment is, and there are pragmatic solutions to it. And I don't don't need to engage this moment spiritually. But as we continued down the highway, having the conversation we were having, I just couldn't get the picture of that woman having that seizure out of my head. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was continuing to stir in me to say, intercede on behalf of this woman who was having a seizure in the parking lot. And my tendency in that moment was to negate the moment as spiritless when the Holy Spirit was absolutely present. And there was a moment in that time to shift it from being just a human moment to a moment where the Holy Spirit shows up in power. And so I just said to the other two guys in the car, hey, like, can we just pray for this in this moment and, and bring the Holy Spirit's power into this moment and intercede on behalf of this woman? And one of the things that I learned in that moment, one of the things that I thought about as I processed it later, is that we have to be people who don't let fear prevent us from making the most of every moment. I know that for me, I can be immobilized by fear and it prevents me from saying, all right, Lord, what do you want to do in this moment? How do you want to send your Holy Spirit to do something beyond my power? How do you want to intervene in this moment to manifest the realities of the kingdom? Because the truth is God desires to enter, insert himself in our every moment and manifest the realities of heaven right where we are. But it takes us being willing to step beyond fear and to make the most of every moment. Moment, as we shift moments in, from, from simply human thinking into supernatural power, into supernatural thinking. And as we do that, as we approach life this way, it allows us to begin recognizing every moment as spiritual. And I want to challenge us with this tonight. The gift of administration helps us care about the details because we remember that everything is spiritual. God desires to intervene in our every moment. Everything that you encounter, everything that you might feel like you're doing at your work that's just like a rote task that you're doing over and over again, everything that you might think as spiritless, God desires to intervene in that piece of your life and radically shift the way you perceive it and radically shift the way you perceive the ability that he has to redeem that moment, to make it look like something powerful, to make it powerful, to empower the moments that we simply think of as mundane. There's a passage that we've read several times before, and because we don't have a ton of time, uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I encourage you to go back and read 1 Kings chapter 10. What's happening here is the queen of Sheba has heard about Solomon's wisdom, and she doesn't want to just hear about Solomon's wisdom. She wants to come and experience Solomon's wisdom. So she gets this big caravan together with lots of people and lots of gold and lots of treasure and lots of stuff. And she sets this caravan on the road and she's traveling to meet Solomon because she's heard of his wisdom. When she arrives there, she starts asking him all of these questions and he's answering them. And she's impressed by the way he answers the questions. But in verse three, we even see beyond that. Verse four, we see beyond that. Sorry. When the queen of, of Sheba saw all the wisdom of Solomon and the palace he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, the attending servants in their robes, his cupbearers and the burnt offerings he made at the temple of the Lord, she was overwhelmed. 
It wasn't simply the words of Solomon that conveyed the wisdom of God manifested through his life. It was even what we would typically consider the mundane things, the way the palace was constructed, the food that was set out on the table, the way the officials were seated where they were, the attending of the servants in the robes, the way his servants were dressed. What we see in this story about the queen's encounter with Solomon is that everything is spiritual and every detail has the opportunity to manifest the realities and the depth and the supernatural wisdom of God. And every time we dismiss something as simple or unspiritual, we miss an opportunity. Every time we dismiss something as simple or unspiritual, we miss an opportunity. We say, oh, that thing's not significant. We say that thing isn't inside of the realm of the things that I would consider to do with God. God doesn't care about those things. God doesn't want to manifest his presence or himself in and through this moment. Every time we think of something as too simple for God to care about, we miss the opportunity to shift the moment from mundane to miraculous. But every time we grasp the bigness of God in every moment of our life, it gives us the opportunity to see the realities of God manifested where we are. And so whatever problem you're facing, whatever calling you have in your life, I want to challenge you tonight to say, Lord, manifest your presence in every moment of solving that problem. God, help me see beyond the limitations of my own human experience and into the bigness of the things that you desire to accomplish. A couple months ago, um, we had um, this thing in the hallway as people walked in. People walked up the stairs and they walked into the hallway and there were two rows of people there and they were just celebrating as people walked into the hallway and throwing confetti up in the air and cheering and celebrating that they had arrived tonight. And it was this moment of just fun and good stuff and it could seem like this spiritless moment. It could just seem like this fun thing. But one of the things that I noticed is that we started worshiping and singing together in this room. Things were different. Like there was a shift in the spiritual atmosphere as the result of the thing that was happening out there in the hallway. And when we think about greeting, when we think about putting someone at the door, when we think about saying hello to someone as they walk into the building, we could say, you know what, that's just kind of this thing that we do and it's not a big deal and it doesn't mean a lot. But there's something powerful communicated in everything that we do. And in everything that we do, it has the opportunity to literally shift the spiritual climate of the moment. There was a greater level of freedom and there was a greater level of celebration as we gathered together to sing and worship that night. And it was in this thing that we could just discount as unimportant. But as Nathan and his team invited us in, in this moment of celebration, it shifted the environment. There are so many things in your life and so many things in my life that we can just write off as unimportant. But when we allow God to reveal in us how he sees those things and how he desires to manifest his powerful presence in and through those moments, we step from seeing moments as meaningless into seeing moments as pregnant with the potential of God's presence. And it moves us from seeing things as meaningless into a place of saying, God, how do you desire to reveal the realities of your kingdom here right now where we are? As we allow ourselves to transition into that place of recognizing every moment as potentially spiritual, we reveal heaven in the mundane moments by offering supernatural solutions to natural problems. We see Peter doing this. We see characters doing this all throughout the New Testament, right? 
So there's this guy who's been uh, lame since birth. And every day, these, these people bring him out to this city gate, the city gate called Beautiful. And he sits there and he asks people for money as they walk by. And this one day, Peter walks by and this man asks him for money. And Peter says, silver and gold have I not, but how about you do this? In the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. And there are so many opportunities where we encounter things like this where we encounter the poor. And you know what? There are a lot of pragmatic solutions and there are a lot of wonderful people who are doing wonderful things to help the poor not be poor anymore. And all of those things are beautiful and all of those things are important. But what does Peter do in that moment? Peter doesn't say, what are the limitations of what I can do? Peter sees that moment as pregnant with the the, the potential of the Holy Spirit empowering that moment to bring about a supernatural solution to that natural problem. And Peter speaks life into that man. He speaks life into that moment. And that man gets up and walks. His life is literally changed as the result of Peter saying, how can I see this moment as spiritual as opposed to just seeing it with the limitation of my human lens? And this is what I desire kind of in my own life. As I walk into meetings, it'd be really easy for me to walk into meetings in, in the various areas of opportunity that I have and just say, you know what? I feel like God's given me a good mind and I can kind of work out problems and I have a good problem solving thing. And, you know, I got some creative ideas, but like literally my life is more empowered the moment I'm willing to move from here is what I think I can do here to beginning to strategize with God to say, Lord, what is it that you want to do here? How do you want to show up in and through my life in a way that supersedes my own human ability? And when I'm willing to do that, it opens up new opportunities and new doors for God to come in and do some powerful things. And we see this in so many ways throughout the New Testament. And one of the things I love is that when we begin thinking this way, we, like God, have the ability to move things from chaos to order. Like God, we have the ability to bring order from chaos. When we're thinking about solving problems, when we're thinking about moving into the things that God has called us into, like God, we have the ability to bring order from chaos. And so when we go into this moment and we're thinking supernaturally and we're strategizing with the Holy Spirit, we supernaturally have wisdom that allows us to bring order to the things and people and places and moments around us. God has called his church to, the, to be the ambassadors of reconciliation, making things restored back into relationship with the Father. And in so doing, we have the ability to bring order from chaos. In 1 Corinthians 14.33, it's talking about instructions to worship. As Paul writes, he says, God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. And later on in 1 Corinthians 14, 40, just a few verses later, it says, and everything, everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. And so we have this opportunity to strategize with God and say, Lord, what do you want to do here that's beyond my human ability? And as we step into that, we bring order from chaos. And we manifest the character of God living in and through us. so much more. I'll end with these two things. A word for you as an individual and then a word for us as people. 
What do we do with this concept, this ability that we have to think and work out problems and to step into finding solutions for things and accessing the power and wisdom of the Holy Spirit in those moments? What do we do with this? First, I think the word and the challenge for us as we kind of bottom line this thing tonight, the thing I want us to think about in our own lives, the thing I want us to walk away with tonight is this. Intentionality catalyzes a moment and becomes the bridge for heaven. Intentionality catalyzes a moment and becomes the bridge for heaven. So you and I, we can go to work tomorrow. We can walk down the street when we leave this place tonight, and we can continue to live in in an unintentional way that we're not engaging with the Holy Spirit in everything that we do. And we're just kind of operating on our own mind, our own emotions, and we're going about life with a lack of intentionality. But when you and I intentionally engage with God in every moment, it becomes a catalyst to move that moment from mon- to move that moment from mundane to miraculous, and it becomes the bridge for heaven. It delivers the reality of heaven from heaven to earth. Our intentionality becomes. Our intentionality becomes the bridge upon which heaven is delivered. So I just want us to close our eyes here for a moment and think about this. I want you to think about how you can strategically be intentional with God this week in the things that you're called to, to take moments from being mundane into making them miraculous. How can you meet with God in those moments? How can you strategize with him to bring about a new level of intentionality to bring heaven to earth. God, would you just, by your Holy Spirit, plant these things deep in us? Would you, by your Holy Spirit, instill in us a new desire for strategic living alongside of you? God, we know that you've called us to be co-laborers with you in the work that you're trying to accomplish here on the earth. That you could accomplish everything that you want to accomplish without us, but you've chosen to invite us into the process. Lord, would you open our eyes and open our heart to see and desire a level of intentionality with you that allows us to accomplish the things that you've invited us to accomplish with you. God, may we see no moment as insignificant or unspiritual, but you, by your your spirit, would reveal and illuminate to us how your spirit is working in everything that we encounter and allow us to step into every moment with an expectation of power and supernatural activity. receive that if you look back here so there's this word for us tonight as individuals that we would have a new level of intentionality in our lives with God walking alongside of him but this thing this idea our ability to manifest the realities of heaven that, That reality is exponentially more effective when you and I move from simply trying to do that 
on our own with God to recognizing how we do that together as his people. The fullness of the kingdom comes not only when you step into something, but when we step into something together. And so I want to call you into a new level of intentionality and boldness and bravery in the way you live your life in the context of community. And so when it comes to us tonight, this is what I want to challenge us with. Live the life you wish your friends were all living. A changed world begins with you living powerfully. I think we all desire to see a level of thriving when it comes to living life with God alongside of the people we share our lives with. I know that for me, I desire to be surrounded by people who are living a powerful life, but I recognize my ability in setting the precedent for this kind of living. I recognize my ability to be a leader in leading the people around me and leading my friend group and then leading my church into a place of deeper encounter with God. And you have that same ability. You have the opportunity to be an example of living the life that you wish everybody else around you was living. And as you take a bold step, as you become the brave one, you shift your friend group. You shift our church. You shift our city. You shift the world because you've made a new decision to live a life of power. You've decided to be the one who's brave and bold to step into the fullness of a life after God. And I want to call you to that life tonight. I want to call you to be the one who's setting the example of living a life of boldness and bravery, believing that God desires to manifest his presence in every moment that you encounter. When you leave these doors tonight and you're walking with a friend and you see a moment that God wants to intervene, be the bold one to say yes first. When you're riding down the road with your friends in the car and you see a difficult moment, be the one to call your friends to gather in prayer first. When you're sitting at home with your family or your roommates and something's going on and someone reaches out with a tough moment, be the one to gather them in prayer. Be the one to make the bold decision to lead your friends and lead your family and lead your church into a deeper place with God. And when each of us chooses to do that alongside of each other, we begin pushing one another deeper and deeper and higher and higher into the fullness of God's intention for our lives. When we see the systems of our lives, the decisions we make as an opportunity to manifest the bigness of God, to take hold of his dreams for us, and to live them out fully and bravely and boldly, we shift things. And tonight, you have the ability to do that. So let's just all close our eyes one more time. God, I just call out over us tonight a new new level of boldness and bravery that we wouldn't just be intentional in our own one-on-one time with you in our own moments, but God, we would be intentional about saying yes to you in the context of community and calling other people higher and setting the example of living a life of following hard after you and trusting you and drawing near to you and taking steps that send us into places that are bigger than our own human ability. God, give us the 
vision and boldness and bravery to be those kinds of people. If tonight you find yourself saying, you know what, I, I wish that my life embodied boldness more. I wish that I was the person who was leading the way when it comes to engaging God in my friend group or in my family. If that's you tonight, I just want to pray a prayer of boldness and commissioning over you. And there's no pressure to do this. If it's not you tonight, that's fine. Honesty is beautiful. But if tonight you're saying, I want to live a bold life before God, I just want to invite you to stand up. And I want to pray a prayer of encouragement over you. And again, don't feel pressure to stand. It's totally fine. No one's judging you in here tonight. God, we celebrate you tonight. We celebrate each person in this room tonight, standing or sitting. God, we just celebrate people because each of us embodies your character and embodies the person of Christ as we're found in Jesus. And God, tonight, I pray for these who are standing. Lord, I pray boldness over them. I pray bravery over them tonight. God, I pray that these people would be agents of change, influencing and creating culture. I pray that your Holy Spirit would visit them in a fresh way tonight and fill them up, God. And even tonight, I recognize that the things that I have to pray and the things that I have to say, God, they might be good ideas, but they belittle the fullness of your ability to do what you want to do. So God, beyond my words tonight, beyond my prayer tonight, beyond our expectation tonight, Holy Spirit, come and move in power and do what only you can do. Fill us in a fresh way, God. Tonight, we don't need another good idea. We need your Holy Spirit moving in and through us in a powerful way to embolden us to live a life following hard after God. And tonight, I pray for every single person in this room tonight, God. We cry out to you to make us brave people, to make us bold people, to fill us up with your spirit in a way that enlivens us into the fullness of the life that you've called us to live. Holy Spirit, fall on us tonight.